Welcome to today's episode of the Doing Good Podcast. Today, we're talking to Anna Kate, a resilient high school student from Florida who doesn't let an Asperger's diagnosis hold her back. Anna Kate has taken control of her life. She's in her high school band and is channeling her love for animals into a meaningful cause, helping horses overcome past traumas and rebuild trust. Well, welcome to the Doing Good Podcast. Anna Kate, I am so glad you're here today. Would you give us a brief description of who you are, where you live, and how you spend your time? Well, my name is Anna Kate. I live in the Tampa Bay area, and I enjoy doing soccer, drawing, reading, and being around animals. Outstanding. You sound like a very well-rounded young lady. Thank you. We're so happy to celebrate you and your volunteerism today. What do you do as a volunteer and where? Well, where I work as a volunteer is called RVR Horse Rescue. There's also another one that I also worked at is called Hopi Quine Rescue. So you volunteer at two horse-related nonprofits. That's pretty exciting. What do you do for each of them when you volunteer? Well, it can be a variety of activities. One of them is very important. It's called mucking the stalls. And what you do is that basically you pick up the horse poop. Well, it needs to be done. (laughs) It is part of life. What I do along with mucking the stalls for the horses is their food and water. Hay is one of the main diets for horses, but some horses also need a little extra because some of their stomachs, they can be very, very sensitive. So they have wet food too. Wet food is like a puree. It can be like gross and mushy to humans, but for horses, it's kind of like a treat to be honest because it doesn't hurt their stomach. How often do you go and volunteer for these places? Do you go to maybe one once a week and another once a month? It really does vary on the time because it's a lot of scheduling too. Because I homeschooled for a while, so we usually went during the time that kids would be at school. And we used RVR as basically a learning time too. That's very smart. You incorporated it into your homeschool education? Mm-hmm. And so what kinds of things were you able to learn as a student versus as a volunteer? Or were they difficult to separate? Well, you kind of did have to separate them because for um, school, you need to kind of let go of school when you're there. Because these horses, some of them could be the most beautiful horses, but they have sometimes been on the brink of death. I will not lie. And so how did those horses react to you when you would try to help them? Well, because I'm um, not a full adult, I have to um, let the other adults do everything because um, it would be dangerous because since I can't drive, you basically have to have an adult like your parent bring you there and stay. So that means I would not be able to interact with the other horses that are in really critical need care, but I can, I can watch them and see what they are doing. And so what do you get out of that? What are you able to do as a result of watching them? Well, I can gain experience because as um, an entering high school, at the high school I'm going to, it has a vet me- veterinary medicine program. When I graduate, I can sit for and apply to get a vet assistance certificate. 
Smart. And so is that your goal for your career? Is that what you would like to do when you graduate high school? Yes, ma'am. I'd like to become a full veterinarian. Outstanding. And you're just entering high school. So I'm quite impressed that you're this focused on and, and know what you want to do at this point. I think that's terrific. I've known what I wanted to do since the beginning of sixth grade. And I appreciate that you're able to incorporate volunteerism into your learning for future career goals. Would you share a couple of stories with us, perhaps, when you learned something through your volunteering? I do remember one. It was a horse. Um, she came into one of the rescues, and she was pretty sick because it was basically abused. These horses that do come in, when they're abused a lot, it really does damage the human-horse relationship, and it can impact them for the rest of their lives. So when humans do bad things to these beautiful creatures, they lose their trust. It took a lot of work with everyone because sometimes we just sat in front of their stalls. That's why they can just get used to human interaction again to know that we can be trusted. It's just one of the first steps that you have to do. That's why the horses will begin to trust humans again. It's a very sad experience that these horses have to go through these things. But in the long run, when they when we do sit in front of their stalls, it's sometimes relaxing for both of us. I also would read to the horses too. We usually have it was usually an event on Sunday where we would bring a book and we would read to these horses. How nice. What what is an example of a book you read? I like the series Warrior Cats. Oh, right. So did you read one of those books or part of one of those books to the horses? Yes, ma'am, I did. And how did the horse react? They were listening to the human voice. I'm pretty sure that they couldn't fully understand what the book was about, but they understand we were reading to them. Absolutely. I get that. That's wonderful. And that helped build trust as well. And when these horses, when there's enough trust, you can um, do more experiences with them. And some of these horses that become in the worst conditions, they can become the most beautiful horses you have ever seen in your life. You are so passionate about horses. Where did this come from, Anna Kate? I'm passionate about all animals too. But I also learned that in Florida, there's a huge need for large animal veterinarians because most people, they, they would rather do small animals because that's what you basically find in most houses. So what is it about the horses that you enjoy so much? Well, when I, I also ride horses too um, as an activity. When you groom the horses, it's just, it's relaxing and it's good for the horse too. It's good for the mind. It helps you relax. It's therapeutic, yes. And I think personally, from my own experiences with horses, they seem to understand humans well. They do. And they read somehow or feel your emotions with you. Oh, yes. Like dogs, too. Horses are basically the large version of a dog. I believe that. Absolutely. Now, I understand, too, that you have autism. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. It's, um, they used to phrase it as Asperger's. Now they consider it as autism level one. Gotcha. So could you tell us a little bit more about life with autism? With autism, life can be pretty difficult. 
in school, it can impact my education, my studies, because I don't learn the way a typical student would, because it would take me much longer to master a subject. So I need the extra help. That's why I can master it. That makes sense. And there are a lot of students with different things that they deal with that require, that really need that extra help. I have something called tactile defensiveness, which affects me with clothes and shoes and socks. And seams are one of the things that I react to. You feel them and they irritate you. Very much. Like for a while, I couldn't even wear jeans. They were so itchy on me. I just recently am now starting to be able to wear jeans and I'm entering ninth grade. The typical person would start wearing jeans like around fifth, sixth grade, even earlier. I couldn't wear them until now. It made it really hard to ride horseback riding because you needed to wear long pants, typically jeans. So it took a little while to find some. Did you find jeans that did not have seams? Well, they did have seams, but they um, couldn't feel them that much, thankfully. So you have found ways, you have figured out ways to work with your autism. And frankly, whatever it has presented to you, you have figured out ways to get through or get beyond. And you've blossomed because of that. Thank you. At the last school I was at, I was actually asked to be an honor science. Really? Very exciting. With the mainstream class, too. I was the top student in the science class that year. It shows that even someone like me with autism, if you have the determination and the support of your family, you can really do anything. You really can. I agree with you. And you're showing us this right now. And you show everybody else this every day through your actions. Also, you mentioned previously your other activities. You're in band and you're going into high school. I mean, you live a full life and it sounds like volunteerism is just part of that. So what would you suggest to others who have autism about volunteering? Do you have any advice for them or thoughts about it? Volunteering, it can really clear the mind. It can help you relax. Sometimes I like volunteering because I can have a moment to myself to where I can think straight. I can get away from the outside world and I can help. And then what would you suggest to other students who are considering volunteering? I would definitely volunteer. It's really fun. You can meet so many people. But most of all, I really do recommend working with places that need help. And thank you, parents and siblings or taking us to the volunteers. Thank you, parents and siblings, for bringing us to these activities. I love it. Thank you, Anna Kate. And for anyone who might be interested in volunteering, what steps do you suggest they take? Do they go to their school first? Do they contact the nonprofit first? Or think about where they go first? Well, first step, what are you passionate about? When you're passionate about something, it's a motive to let you do something. Number two, find nonprofits in your area that are related to your interests, your passions. Number three, find out what their age requirement is. Find out if these volunteer hours can also be applied for high school. Number four, volunteer.
I love it. And don't forget to work with the school on making sure that they get credit for the time that they spend. But yeah, so many schools require a certain number of volunteer hours in order for the student to graduate. And for those people who might be listening who maybe don't have children or perhaps have young children who just aren't into high school yet, this is a very common uh, requirement for graduation. And it may or may not open doors towards scholarships or towards entry into specific schools. You never know. So it's definitely worth looking into. Are there any final thoughts you have that you would like to share as we leave the podcast today or maybe that uh, we end this interview? Is there anything you might have wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to or that you would like to be sure people hear? When you're passionate about something, that's your motive. If you have a motive, you can do it. Well, thank you so much. And if you'll remind us once again about the organizations where you volunteer, what are their names again? RVR, Horse Rescue, and Hopi Quine Rescue. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you even more so for your volunteering and your service and just for being you. You are an incredible light for so many. And hopefully this podcast will help shine your light and not only educate some people out there about autism, but also horses and volunteering. And I'm so glad that you get to be that person. Thank you for letting us celebrate you and just for being you. Thank you. Doing Good is a 501c3 nonprofit and is run 100% by volunteers. So yes, we are volunteers highlighting volunteers to celebrate those who do good. Thank you for listening to the Doing Good podcast.